legendary. Legendary because you don't know it, but I've been prayed for these past few days. I know a lot of people have been praying for me while I was preparing the message. I sensed it, I felt it, and I felt the Holy Spirit's leading when I was preparing for it. So I thank you. This really is a church that helps one another. We are not independent, we are interdependent. So it doesn't matter what we do, we help each other. And that's what I love about this church. Let me start with prayer. Father God, we, I just thank you that today you will speak to our hearts, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will make clear whatever I'm not able to explain clearly. And I pray that you will increase and I will decrease, that you're the legendary one, not me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One Sunday in November, my husband and I played hooky. We had dropped off my uh, son, Dean, and Christina at the airport, at the Burbank airport on their way back to Florida. And then on the way back, I told my husband, at the spur of the moment, I said, oh, we're not going to go to the bridge today. That was a Sunday. I think we're going to Cottonwood this Sunday. And on the way there, I was hoping, oh, I hope it's Pastor Bayless Conley who will be speaking. But I wasn't too hopeful because normally he travels all over the world. And so when I, we got there, as fate would have it, he was the one who was speaking. So he spoke on spiritual gifts. And I wondered, I said, I wonder what God has for me. Because normally in the past, we'd go there once a year. And then there was always something, something for me. So he spoke about spiritual gifts, and I said, I wonder what God has for me today. So anyway, how, during his message, he stopped and he said, you know, some of you might be here today because the Holy Spirit whispered in your ear that you're going to be here at Cottonwood today. And then my husband and I looked at each other, and from then on, I was all ears. I'm like, oh, I wonder what God has for me. So... Anyway, after the service, we left the church, and then I told God, Lord, I don't get it. Nothing stood out. So I said, what was special about the spiritual gifts that you wanted me to be here today? So the next day, while I was doing my quiet time, I asked him again, Lord, what was it about spiritual gifts that I'm missing? And then he said, Tell me, as a believer, do you know what your spiritual gifts are? And I said, I do. Through all the years of being a believer, I had attended discipleship classes, membership classes. We did spiritual inventories. We did DISC, spiritual gifts assessments, and so on and so forth. And the results showed that I have the gift of helps, administration, and maybe teaching. And then he said, I want you to keep on meditating on the, the scripture that Pastor Bayless talked about. So I said, okay, Lord. And this is scripture that he talked about from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. My fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. For you know full well that when you are unbelievers... 
You were, you were often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols, which are incapable of talking with you. Therefore, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God would ever say, Jesus is the accursed one. No one can say, Jesus is the Lord Yahweh, unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. It is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. The Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. For example, the Spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation knowledge. And to another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives the gifts of he healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and op operates these different gifts as he cho chooses for each believer. Now, when the Apostle Paul starts off by saying, I don't want you to be confused about something, I know it's important. So, he was clarifying something that must have confused believers during his time. So, according to the text, when it comes to spiritual gifts, the Trinity is involved, not just the Holy Spirit. So, it's the Holy Spirit who gives the gifts. Jesus is Lord over the different ministries. And God, is the, God the Father is the one who intermingles the gifts with the different ministries and miracles happen. Okay? We also learn that spiritual gift is given to each believer. And they are given for the common good. And the Holy Spirit is the one who determines what gift he wants to give to each person. And then it enumerated the nine spiritual gifts from this text. And that's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith. Some say gift of extraordinary faith. Gifts of healing, performance of miracles, prophecy, ability to tell if something is from God or discernment, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So nine gifts within this text. Now, as excited as I was to discover what God was trying to point out to me, I had to admit, it took me a while. And I, I said, Lord, I still don't get it. And so I reread and reread the, the verses. And then one day, it dawned on me. Do you remember when he asked me what my spiritual gifts were? And I told him, I think I have the gift of helps, administration, and maybe teaching. And then he said, look at the text again. 
Okay, so now back to the drawing board. Do you see are not valid gifts? It's just that it's not within this text that we're talking about. So then I started getting excited because I don't see those gifts in the list, right? But you know what the, uh, the, the text says? These gifts are given to each believer. So that meant I have at least one of the nine, right? But then, do I? I ask myself, can I have those gifts? I couldn't even imagine having those gifts. Because you, you saw, those are powerful gifts. Me? No, I'm just helps. So, but that's what the text says. And so I'm like, so then it must be true. Okay? And that was an aha moment for me. Okay, Lord, I know now what you were trying to point out to me, which it took me a long time to get to. So I said, could it be possible that I was confusing my natural gifts with the spiritual gifts that's given by the Holy Spirit? Because early believers were confused, right? I was confused. A lot of people may be confused. Maybe that's why I'm here. Hopefully we can clarify with the Holy Spirit's help. So what's the difference between a spiritual gift and a natural gift? A natural gift is like athletic ability or musical talent. It's something that you can develop on your own and you can use it when you want. But a spiritual gift depends on the operation of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, it has the ability to produce a result that surpasses merely human talent. It either enables what is humanly impossible, such as prophecy, healing, miracles, or it could elevate a natural aptitude, such as teaching or administration, to a supernatural level of results. And we can grow in the use of these gifts, but they always remain dependent on the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but this discovery got me all excited. You see, most of my life, I had believed that my spiritual gift was helps administration. That's because I like to help out. When someone's sick, absent, okay, I'll do it. Someone needs to do this, okay, I jump in. Whenever there's a vacuum, okay, I fill it. And also, I'm uh, able to start and finish projects. So I thought, oh, I'm good at administration. So what happens? That's been fixed in my mind. So when people, like I'm in a church and people are praying in, uh, over people, you know, like people are sick and people are praying, what do I do? I let AJ do it. I let Ihan do it. I step back. You know why? Because I don't have that gift. I don't have that gift. So I've been stepping back. When people are like are proclaiming prophecy or uh, revelation, you know, word of wisdom, or even speaking in tongues, I keep quiet because I'm helps in administration. <laughs> now you see why Paul insisted 
that we should not be confused about spiritual gifts because we may have missed out on a lot of assignments just because we step back. I don't have that gift. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you now? Maybe it's time to reset what we know about our gifts. Maybe it's time to reimagine what the future here at the bridge is going to be. Why is it important to know about spiritual gifts? Scripture uses a rich vocabulary to describe spiritual gifts. Paul even coined a term, charism, okay, from charisma in Greek, meaning a gift freely given. And from the text, from this text alone, Paul used five different terms just for spiritual gifts. He calls them spiritual gifts because they are given by the Holy Spirit. They are charisms because they're given freely. They are different kinds of services because their purpose is to serve others. They are different kinds of working because every time we use the gift, the Holy Spirit himself is working through us. They are the manifestations of the Spirit because they make the presence of the Holy Spirit evident to others. In the book of Hebrews, they use the term distributions of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit distributes them in different measure to different members of the church. You will notice that these terms emphasize a close relationship between the gifts and the Holy Spirit. Therefore, these gifts are not natural human abilities, but supernatural abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to enable believers to be the instrument of God's love and power to others. Now, the Lord began to open my understanding of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I had planned on speaking on spiritual gifts today, and I, that's what I told Pastor Dennis at the beginning, but I clearly heard the Lord tell me, lay down the foundation for spiritual gifts first. Don't go directly to spiritual gifts. So, the foundation for spiritual gifts is a relationship with God. And an understanding of how God works. Next time, we will talk about spiritual gifts and uh, how God intends to use it within the church. But I believe that this message and in the future, it, it's in line with Pastor Dennis was talking about the Reimagine series. It just happened because all of you were praying for the message, you know? Spiritual gifts are important because they manifest in a very powerful way the reality of and presence of God in the world. In the book of Romans, Paul considers the gospel fully preached only when it is confirmed by signs and wonders, which are the spiritual gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's why he tells us to eagerly desire the gifts. Incidentally, the message when I was at the, at the other church, 
he, the pastor kept saying, desire the gifts, desire the gifts, desire. He kept repeating, desire the gifts, eagerly desire the gifts, okay? So the Passion Translation says it like this. You should all constantly boil over with passion. Wow, that's strong. You should constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. Why? Because they have the power to open people's heart to the gospel, which is the assignment for the church to preach the gospel. And preaching the gospel is not only about doctrine. It has to be confirmed by signs and wonders. Okay? And uh, in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 20, Jesus says, And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. This miraculous science will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the, uh, the sick, and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. You might just be surprised. This past few months, I have sensed the Lord leading me, directing me to start going deeper with him. And outward. Okay. When this, the Lord starts directing you to go deeper with him, it usually means go outward. Pastor Dennis has already talked about this. A church has a tendency to be inward focused. But that's not God's way. The last three years for me has been a time of rediscovering God spending time with him and feeding myself from the word. But now I told him, I want to join you in whatever it is that you're doing, wherever it is that you're working. At the beginning of December, December 10 to be exact, I wrote on my journal, I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream. Oh, I just re realized that now. <laughs> I had a dream. Coincidence? <laughs> Sorry. I was at the beach, and the shallow part of the water stretched far as far as the eye can see. And no matter how, how far I walked, the water only got to my waist. I walked far, and it, it only came up to here. And the water was clear, so I felt safe. I don't want no jaws. Swimming around me. <laughs> and then Jesus joined me. And he told me, you could walk on water, you know, if you want. So I said, I would like to. I'm laughing because 
earlier, Ihan just prayed for me. And he talked about walking on water. Oh, my gosh. So many coincidences. <laughs> walking on water. So I said, I'd like to. And he held my hand. And we started walking on water. But I held on to him. See, I'm not that brave. Just like Peter, you know, the story of Peter in the Bible, he walked on water, right? But at that story, the waves were high and the winds were strong. No, that's not for me. If I were Peter, I would not even have gotten off the boat. So in my dream, the water was calm, like glass. And that's how I like it. As I started to gain confidence, Jesus let go of my hand. And I started to walk away from him. But I would look to him because I wasn't that sure about myself. I'm not confident. So I would walk, but I'd look at him. And then I started running around on the water. And then I asked him, Lord, can we go deep? Instead of walking on water, can we go deep? Can we walk underwater on the ocean floor? And then he said, he took my hand and he led me. And suddenly the water just, remember it was up to here? And then suddenly the water was like here. And when my, I was about to, and when my face, <laughs> I can't speak English. When my face was about to be submerged in the water, I got anxious. And he said, no, no, relax. Just breathe normal. And so we started walking walking and then we were at the bottom and I saw you know different species of corals different sea creatures they were beautiful I don't know how we could walk and not float up but I just held on to Jesus hand and there were forests in the bottom of the ocean just like there is in land and so we walked through and Jesus was touching the the creatures the, and then it's, it was like they were his friends and they knew him. So we walked for miles, it seemed. And then when it was time to go back to the beach, Jesus asked me, which one do you prefer? Walking on water or walking underwater? And so I told him, underwater, I want to walk underwater. But I want to walk with you. As long as I'm holding your hand, I'm not afraid. And this is what he said. And this is exactly how I wrote it. I'm calling you to go deep with me. Away from the world. From your worries and cares. You will always be safe with me. We can talk for hours. Walk for miles together. And I can walk with you anywhere. And it will still be the same feeling of walking deep in the water with me. Always desire my presence. Even when you're doing normal, everyday activity. I will come each time you call me. And we can go deep, even in the natural too. That's what I wrote in my journal. You know, when I was a young believer, I belonged to a church that did not put much emphasis on discipleship. 
I was saved at the church during an evangelistic concert. So I stayed at the church not knowing any better. But, so I, I turned to books. I, I must have read hundreds of books. And one of those books that made an impact, huge impact in my life was the book Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. I invested myself in that book and learned so many foundational truths for my life. I had all but forgotten about the book, but then when I read my journal, where I expressed, I want to join you in what you're doing in the world, I remembered the book because that's one of the foundational things that I learned from that book. You see, God is at work. He's reconciling a world to himself through Jesus. And he is always working around you. He is always working around you. Because he loves you, he wants to involve you in his activity. But he begins by pursuing a love relationship with you. And then he invites you to become involved with him in his work. And as he relates to you, he reveals himself. He reveals his purposes. He reveals his plans. He reveals his ways. So if you want to experience God's mighty power at work in and through you, you must walk by faith. You are going to be asked to make major adjustments in your life to be able to obey him, to be able to do what he asks you to do. And once you accept the assignment, he will equip you. That's the spiritual gift. He will equip you. Many believers long for, a God, for God to do a significant work in their lives. However, they try to bypass the love relationship. To God, having a relationship with you is far more important than what you can ever do for him. So anticipate that the first thing God will do in your life is to draw you in, into an intimate love relationship with himself. And when, you where, when your relationship with him is as it should be, he will begin giving, he will give, begin giving you assignments, but in his timing. He will involve you in whatever it is that he's doing. Whenever it seems that God is not doing anything fresh in your life, focus on the love relationship and stay there until he gives you a new assignment. When God gives you an assignment, he will equip you. Spiritual gifts. He will equip you. And this is where spiritual gifts come into play. It's, it plays a big role. It's important to understand that a spiritual gift is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives to enable them to obey God, to obey what God has asked them to do. Biblically, God always gives the assignment first. It's not the other way around. He gives the assignment first. And after the person accepts the assignment, God equips the person by the Holy Spirit to accomplish what he assigns to that person. By the way, 
a person who has never accepted an assignment from God needs not to be spiritually equipped. What will he use it for? Spiritual gifts are not given for self-promotion or for a person's own agenda. So here's the typical scenario we find at churches. They hold membership classes for their new members. And then usually this involves discovering their spiritual gifts using spiritual inventories, disc spiritual assessment, um, and so on and so forth. So that they can find what their gifts are. You know, discover their gifts and find a ministry that matches the gift. So what happens is, oh, this ministry matches my gift. So I'm going to work in this ministry. I'm going to serve in this ministry. And then this ministry does not use my prayer. You don't see what God is doing somewhere else. Actually, the spiritual gift he gives you may change depending on what the assignment is. Okay? Because he's equipping you. So it could change. So it's not like, okay, I have the gift of, gift of helps and administration and that's it for the rest of my life. Okay? Many of you might have received fresh invitation from God to do something, but you assume, oh, that cannot be from God. It doesn't fit my area of giftedness. Then maybe it's time to reimagine. Maybe it's time to reconsider. Maybe it's time to reset. Delete. Start over. That was my story. I believe that my spiritual gift was helps, administration, and teaching, but only to a Filipino audience. <laughs> Don't ask me how I arrived at that, but that was what I believed. And I was not being racist. Maybe it was because I felt comfortable being with people who looked like me, spoke like me, and laughed like me. So I rarely ventured out in other areas. And in the process, I may have missed out on a lot of assignments from God. Because I did not feel qualified. I remember when Pastor Dennis first asked me to teach. I did not feel qualified. Because remember, my gifting was very specific. Only Filipino audience. So it took me a while. I know you like our lumpia and pancet, but that's how, that's how far it goes. And I was thinking, what business do I have teaching in a multiracial church? What if there's far more experienced and good teachers in the audience? You know, I, I didn't feel qualified. And I even thought, maybe Pastor Dennis is desperate. He needs someone. <laughs> so he asked me. But I humbly accepted God's assignment. I say humbly because whatever happens, it would not be because of me. And I certainly did not feel qualified. So now, just to feel barely competent, I just try to imagine you're all Filipinos. <laughs> it works for me. Okay, it works for me. Don't judge me. It works for me. And there's also the opposite scenario. 
You may have heard of Christian personalities whom God has used for His purposes by giving them this gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles, and or some other powerful gift. And at that time, their ministries flourished because it was followed by supernatural signs and wonders and brought thousands, thousands of people to Christ. But now, some of them may just be running on their own steam, doing the best they can. Spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to whomever He chooses, whenever He chooses. And the basis of the spiritual gifts is an intimate relationship with God. We always go back to that. And the spiritual gifts can easily become self-centered because it's you deciding where you most fit. And many of us may just be using our natural abilities rather than spiritual gifts. So take, for example, the gift of helps, which I believed I had. I have. I don't know. I'm not sure yet right now. But let me. I like helping. Like I said, I, I like helping when there's a need. But it's actually more than that. Those with the gift of helps are given the ability to discern the needs of others, physical, physical, spiritual, emotional needs. And they desire to fulfill those needs regardless of personal benefit or loss. Sometimes they have to sacrifice to just do help others. And when they serve, they serve with compassion, humility, and grace. So it's not just a matter of, oh, I'll let me set up the coffee table or let me do the coffees and all of that. It's not just that. It could be, but it's not just that. And the spiritual gift of helps can be used in a uh, wide range of opportunities, like I said. Sometimes it is combined with a different, uh, another gift, like the gift of word of knowledge, where the Lord reveals the hidden needs of the people around them. So sometimes the gifts work like your fingers. They work together. They can function together. You know, at my old church, uh, we had a member who was a college professor. And he liked to teach at the church. But there was nothing to distinguish his teaching from an economics class to a study of the word. The spiritual gift of teaching is more than just giving information. And those with the gift of teaching love to study the word of God. It's their food. They consume the scriptures as food for their hearts, their souls, and their minds with the express purpose of knowing Him and letting God be known by others. And they take great joy and satisfaction in seeing others learn and apply the truth in, the, in God's word in their lives. So those with the gift of teaching, they can make a huge impact in the lives of the people they teach. There's another lady who's a famous composer, singer in the community. And naturally, because she's good at singing, she composes, you know, she was chosen to be the worship director. But it doesn't necessarily mean because you're a good singer or because you do, you know, musical instruments that you belong to a worship team. Okay? It doesn't necessarily mean that. But what happens is she had a strong sense of self which competed for people's attention. 
So instead of drawing people to God, which is what a worship leader does, you point people, people to God, she became a distraction. Okay, now let me be clear. It's important to know that there are some things that need to be done at a church. Okay, you don't need, these are just things that need to be done, period. I remember we had a pastor at our old church who had the spiritual gift of teaching. And he would preach. But afterwards, when it was time to clean up, he refused. Because he, according to him, my gift is preaching. <laughs> After a while, the people start, started catching on. So people lost their trust in his preaching. And I don't know if he's still a pastor at this time. So it's important to distinguish between a natural talent and a spiritual talent. Why? Because natural gifts cannot produce spiritual results. And only spiritual gifts can. Because they are the powerful demonstrations of the Holy Spirit himself. There are many examples in the Bible of the way God works. First, he gives the assignment. And then when people obeyed, he equipped them. We see this in the lives of Abraham, Moses, Jacob, Elijah, David, and so on and so forth. These people felt un not qualified for the assignment. Okay? They, they felt unqualified. But God knew exactly what he was doing. And their success in completing the assignments did not depend on their skills, their abilities, their likes, their preferences, their past successes. And the results revealed what we knew all along, that God was working through them, doing things they could never have done in their own natural capacities. One day, I wrote in my journal, the Lord rebuked me. Why? He said, because I was guilty of leveling down. I that God only heals and moves once in a while. And I was trying to justify the fact that I saw very few miracles and moves of God around me. And the Lord rebuked me. And this is what he said. I don't want you to level down. When you level down, you are trying to save face for me. It shows you're trying to protect my name. I don't need protecting. I am capable and nothing is too hard for me. I want you to level up to the reality that exists in the kingdom of heaven. In my kingdom, there's no sickness, there's no disease, no addictions, no depression, no loneliness, no abandonment, no fears. There are no tears where I am. I don't know if you remember many Sundays ago while Pastor Dennis was sharing, I stood up and shared. I said, powerless Christianity is an oxymoron. Because I was convicted. 
when the Lord rebuked me. So I want to end this message with a prayer that I wrote in response to God's rebuke. And I will use it as a prayer from all of us. Is that okay? Let's pray. Lord, we want to see the Jesus of the Gospels. We want to participate in the moves of God. In the past, we have been content in watching other people be the conduit for healing. That is because we felt that our faith is not strong enough. That is a lack of confidence that you, Lord, can heal. We've been trying to protect your reputation. We believe you can heal, yes, but only if one's faith is strong enough or if a person is good enough for you to use or any other conditions. In the process, we have stunted our own belief, our own faith. God, you are capable of protecting your own reputation. You don't need our help to do that. You are capable and willing because you are God and because you are love. You want to free people from their demons, their addictions, their sickness. You want us to call on you to desire to know you more. Thank you, Lord, for meeting us at our level of belief. Help us in our unbelief. We're not saying this to challenge you. We're not raising our fists against you, Lord. We want to have reckless faith. We want to have reckless faith. And we're going to pray for people. But we will entrust the results to you. We have no reputation to protect. We just want to know we just want to know you as you truly are, powerful, mighty, sovereign, loving God. And we want to know you more. Reveal more to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to ask, I want to ask you, was something stirred in your hearts regarding your spiritual gifts? Is there anyone here who would like to try again and reset, erase what you knew about spiritual gifts and ask the Lord to have an intimate relationship with you so that he can reveal himself, his ways, and his plans for you and so that he can involve you in him, whatever it is he's doing because he's always working. Is there anyone who feels like that today? Can you raise your hands? I just want a confirmation from. Even at my age, it's not too late. I want to start fresh. I want to know. I want to know how God can use me. And I don't want to limit myself with the, my natural talents or natural gifts. I pray that you will continue to seek the intimate relationship with God right now. Not just right now, but in the coming days when you're spending time with Him. Speak to Him and tell Him, Lord, I really want to know you even more. I want to use my life for your purposes. I want to join you in whatever it is you're doing. My life is boring without you. My life is meaningless without you. I was born, I was born for a purpose.
And I know, Lord, that you're steering hearts even right now, inviting them into an intimate relationship with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in our midst. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the prayers that have been prayed for this message. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being present today. In Jesus' name we pray.